Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is explaining the difference between the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne. Now, you may be saying, well, yeah, I want to hear what's going on in the world. Yes, there are a lot of things going on in the world. As a matter of fact, there's so many things going on in the world. There's so much dust up in the air right now. I thought I probably need to just give it a day or so to just kind of settle because it's almost like things are flying in several different directions. So let's just go back to the foundation. Let's understand the difference between the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne. This is one of the big misunderstandings, the mis- mis- misconceptions, and people get this so wrong, understanding this. So, and now I know we've got a lot of new people watching, so I need to take just a second and explain to you why I have earned the right to talk about this, why you should listen to me, because it's not just another person's opinion. Now, if you're new, in case you don't know this, back in 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. Now, anything, anything special was going to happen, but something special did start happening. I got 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice. The audible voice said the seven trumpets, excuse me, the seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. But, now here's the key. I was shown a secret door. One specific word found in Leviticus 23 and Revelation 14. And when this word is linked, all of a sudden, the prophecies that are all jumbled up like scrambled eggs in Revelation can all of a sudden, for the first time, probably since John wrote the book 2,000 years ago, the the prophecies of Revelation can be put in correct chronological order. This is one of the reasons that there's so many divisions in understanding Bible prophecy, because they don't have the secret door, which, by the way, you can find in my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, prophecyclub.com. What I'm going to do today is quickly go through Revelation 19 and 20, just selected parts of it, and I'm going to show you something I'm going to say you probably have never seen before. You probably have never understood this before. And the reason is, is because when I memorized the book of Revelation, the spirit of Revelation came into me. (laughs) My wife, our whole congregation (laughs) will tell you, yeah, that was a big change in stand. And as a result of that, how do I say this? It's like I was no longer smelling the food, but I had tasted and I had swallowed down. In other words, revelation is now in me. It's a part of me because I memorized the whole book. So I can bring you an understanding that others can't bring you. Let let me give you another example. When I was a child, probably you did too, we've all laid on uh, the grass at night and we've seen the starry night. Now, try to imagine taking a paper towel holder, that little round paper thing, and you put it up to your eye and you're looking right where you can see any star in the sky. But that's like reading the Bible one verse at a time. You can see the whole sky, but you can only see it about one or two stars at a time. But when I I memorized the book of Revelation, all of a sudden it was like putting the paper towel roll down. Now I can see the whole sky, meaning I can see all of the book of Revelation So all of a sudden, things that used to be here and there, now all of a sudden I can see it all. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I can understand it on the level Jesus does. Of course not. But I do know that I understand it far more than I used to. And I've been teaching Revelation and Prophecy 40 years, okay? So it was a real change. Now, with that understanding that I'm coming to you with a little bit more mm, credibility, 
than probably most people that are just bringing you their opinion. I believe I'm bringing you the truth, and I'm going to help you see something you've probably never seen in the book of Revelation. This is one of the major misunderstandings in the book of Revelation, understanding the difference between the judgment seat of Christ, also called the Bema seat, and the great white throne. So here we go. Now, for you to understand this, this is in the back of my book, Secret. Matter of fact, it's in the back of all four of my books. But the secret door to understand Bible prophecy explains this chart. I'm not going to have time to go through the whole chart. I can spend <laughs> probably all day long in the chart. But I just want you to see one thing. You've got to get this picture in your mind to understand it. So Jesus is going to return two more times. I'm going to keep it real simple. Two more times. The next time he returns, over here on the left, to the yellow. All of this is talking about first fruits. This is when he returns the next time on first fruits as a lamb. I'm not going to go into all the explanation. He walks around. He resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. They walk around for about 50 days. Then on Pentecost, he takes the 144,000 and us, the ones that are blood-washed, and then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to show you this in Scripture in just a second. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. This is the marriage supper of the Lamb, but it's not the Bema seat. It's not the judgment seat of Christ. At here, everyone that is ready gets to go in, but only those that are washed in the blood. And at the marriage supper of the Lamb, we do not get our rewards. The only thing we get when we arrive is a wedding garment. We get to see Jesus come forth before the Ancient of Days, and he is given a dominion and a glory and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. He changes from being lamb to lion, changes from being prince of the kings of the earth to become the king of kings and lord of lords. I want to be there. I want to see that. Now, about four months later, he and also we and the armies in heaven and two angels with the sharp sickles are all giving white horses, and we return. Now, that's here. That's uh, in the grape harvest. That's at the seventh trumpet. That's at the end of the tribulation. He returns here. This is the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I'm going to show you the difference between this today. At the judgment seat of Christ, Jesus is the judge at both. The judgment seat of Christ, and then over here, about 10, well, exactly 10 days later, it's the great white throne. Jesus is still the judge here. He's the judge at both. Now, Matthew five twenty two, the Father judges no man, but has given all judgment unto the Son. Jesus is the righteous judge, period. No one else does any judging, that is, of the people. Now, we get to judge the angels, but hang on, let's go on. So at the judgment seat of Christ, exactly what is that? And what's the difference between the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne? The simple way to understand this, I'm going to show you in Scripture in a second, the judgment seat of Christ happens in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. This is when Jesus returns. He splits the heavens roll back like a scroll. Eternity, which is darkness, enters in. Heavens roll back like a scroll. And that's when he blows the morning star with the breath of his mouth. He, he, brandishes, his no, or he brandishes his sword with the breath of his nostrils. And that morning star goes all the way to the center of the earth sets the foundations of the mountains on fire, and it burns up all of the tares in the moment they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. As it hits the earth, it lights on, and it becomes the light. He, Jesus is the light of the world. And there are no more darkness. You can't find darkness any place on the earth at all, ever, ever, ever again. 
And as it hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. And that is when he said, my rewards are with me. You're right. It's with him on the Feast of Trumpets right here. Okay, so as that morning star hits us, we get our glorified body or our light body. And we are given our mantles, our crowns, our rewards, everything right there in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. That's how long it takes for that judgment. It is a judgment by fire. Remember Luke twenty one thirty six says, Watch ye therefore and pray always that you might be accounted worthy to escape these things. Well, it's not talking about escape the tribulation. It's talking about escape the burning, the burning of the tares. Escape these things and to be able to stand before the Son of Man, meaning you escape the burning and you are left standing. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you might be accounted worthy to escape the burning or the morning star. Now, that's the judgment seat of Christ. That's also the day that he arises to shake the earth terribly. Every, mount, every high mountain, every mountain, every wall falls, every valley fills in. There's, uh, there's no more sea. Uh, there's no more valleys. There's, everything is a nice, round, smooth ball. Now, that takes about 10 days from here, the Feast of Trumpets here. 10 days later, it's the Great White Throne. At the Great White Throne, no one alive reports there. I'll show you in just a second. At the Great White Throne, this is not a judgment by fire. This is a judgment by books or a judgment by works. Now, let me show you in Scripture. This Because this is really important stuff, okay? I'm going to move fast, but I'm going to move slow. I'm going to point out what you need to see, and I'm going to read everything, okay? So, Revelation 19. After these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation, glory, honor, and power to the Lord our God. What has just happened is the judgment of America has just hit. The Russians have just attacked with nuclear weapons on about or around in that same ballpark is when we get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is a picture of us in heaven. No, we weren't raptured because most Christians by this time are dead, sad to say. Uh, as a matter of fact, only those are ready get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then here's the beginning of the judgment. True and righteous are his judgment, for he has judged the great horde, that's America, which did corrupt the earth with a fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again, they said, Alleluia. Now, let me skip on down. Verse 5, voice came out of the throne saying, praise our God, all you servants, and neither fear. That's us. The throne is telling us this is when we make it to heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, let's go on. I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude. That's us. As the voice of many waters, the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Now, what does that word reigneth mean? See, this is the first time Jesus reigns. Jesus right now is not reigning. Right now, he's prince of the kings of the earth. Right now, he is the lamb of the God. But he reigns. At, he starts his reign as the marriage supper of the lamb. I'm going to show you. goes on to say, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor in him for the marriage of the lamb has come. Boom. That's it. We're now at the marriage supper of the lamb. He, I believe that America has just been destroyed on a battle around or associated with that is when we go to the marriage supper of the lamb. Now, let's go on. Her granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. That's the, the wedding garment, okay? For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. He said unto me, Bless, right, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. He said unto me, these are the true saints of God. Now remember, blessed, and remember marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to show you that this is actually the first resurrection. The first resurrection since Jesus came out of the grave, okay? Now, so here we are right now. So at this at this point, Jesus come down for first fruits. 
now we started reading, we just went to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So in those scriptures, we're talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb right here, which is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. Meaning, if you make it to the marriage supper of the Lamb, you are saved. You don't get your glorified body yet. You don't get the mantles, your crowns, or anything. You only get a marriage, a wedding garment. But you're part of the first resurrection. The first resurrection is first fruits, Pentecost, and the trumpets. Now, let's go on. Now, this is the starting of the, the feast of trumpets or, or the, the return of Jesus. Okay, here, let, let me back up. So what I'm about to read is right here. This is the Feast of Trumpets, Grape Harvest, Armageddon. Here's what it says. I saw heaven opened. In other words, this is Jesus, or eternity, the darkness entering in, and the heaven rolls back like a scroll. Okay? Behold a white horse. And guess what? Who's following him? The angels, the, the armies in heaven, the two angels with the, the sharp sickles, and us. Because we just come from the marriage supper of the Lamb. Behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him called faithful and true in righteousness. He doth judge and make war. What war? Armageddon. Now, here's the judgment. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head it goes to tell about the, the crown vesture dipped in blood. But let's skip on down. Verse 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. What is that sword? That's the light sword. That's the morning star. That's the flame of fire. That's when he brandishes the sword. That's with the breath of his nostrils. That's when he goes, <gasps> just like that, it goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundation of the mountains on fire. The terrors are burned. We get a glorified body. The earth starts to shake. All here, okay? Now, let's move on. You see, he has in uh, verse 16, he has a vesture and on his thigh name written, King of kings, Lord of lords. So he's just coming from the marriage supper of the Lamb. He now reigns. He is now King of kings and Lord of lords. Let's go on. I saw the beast. This is the Armageddon. And the kings of the earth and the armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse. Guess who's going to win? <laughs> Jesus is going to win, all right? The beast was taken with him, the false prophet, which wrought miracles before them, which which he had deceived them and received the mark of the beast. And then they had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive in the lake, burning with fire and brimstone. Now, that does not destroy their soul. In this case, it only destroys their body. Daniel 7 says their body was given to the burning flame. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat on the horse. In other words, so we see an angel take the beast and the false prophet, cast him into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Then Jesus returns. This is him using the morning star where he goes, okay? And the remnant was slain by the sword. That's the morning star. The sword uh, sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. Okay, that's the morning star. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Now, wait a minute, Stan. Wait a minute. If they, if they uh, are, are burned to ashes and fall to the ground, a pile of ashes to bones, how is it that the birds eat the flesh? Well, remember the other two angels with the sharp sickles? They're the ones that slashed the grapes. And that's where the wine was trodden, the wine press was trodden without the city. The blood came out of the wine press, even into the horses' bridles by the space of 1,600, 1,600 furlongs. So this, these are the people that are slashed with the sword. Now, it may be that the morning star can also slash and leave blood, but it is also capable of they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. I mean, literally, they just fall like a wet noodle, okay? All right, let's go on. Now, so here, let me back up. I want you to explain this, or to understand this, okay? So Jesus returns at the, at the first fruits here, resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys without guile in their mouth. 
And that is the morning star. I mean, excuse me, the, 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 the secret door. Jesus walks around with them for 50 days. Then we went to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We got a wedding garment. We watched Jesus crown King of Kings. Then, now, I've just read what happens here. Now we're about to cover Great White Throne right here. So this is 10 days later now. Now, here's the Great White Throne. No one alive reports here. These are the people that never heard of, never had the opportunity to receive Jesus. Only the dead report here. I'll show you. I saw an angel come down from heaven, have the key of the bottom's pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold upon the dragon, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, bound him a thousand years. Cast him into the bottom's pit and shut him up and set a seal on him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were fulfilled. Now, who are the nations? The nations are those people that did not take the mark of the beast. So they aren't tossed in the lake that burns the fire and brimstone. But they didn't receive Jesus either, so they don't get eternal life. They are what Leviticus says are the corners not harvested. They are told on the Feast of Trumpets that you are allowed to live for up to a thousand years. But if you sin, one of those morning star judges right over there, he's going to show up the speed of thought, hit you with the morning star, you fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. That's the nation's. They do not and cannot and will not ever get eternal life. But they are allowed to live up to a thousand years. Those are the ones that are, are building and they still have children and they lead a lamb. They put their hand in a cockatrice den and don't. Okay, that's not us. We're in the big golden city. All right, let's go on. And I saw thrones. I tell you, I prayed many times, Lord, I want to be sitting on one of those thrones. Probably won't, but it's okay to ask. <laughs> I saw thrones, and they sat on them. And judgment was given to them, and I saw the souls of those who beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast. In other words, for you to be an overcomer, you got to see the beast. You have to have the opportunity to take that mark and worship the beast and his image, but not. Worship the beast, said, neither his image, nor receive his mark on his forehead or in her hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, look at this word reigns. What does this mean, reign? Who are we reigning over? We don't reign over the people that, whose names are in the book of life. They can't sin. Okay, They can't see sin. They're going to be like Jesus, okay? Uh, so who's he reign, who do we reign over? We reign over the nations. Those are the people that are murderers and rapists and druggies, but they didn't take the mark. And But they didn't receive Jesus either, and so they're allowed to live for up to a thousand years. By the way, the Bible says, and he that endureth to the end shall be saved. It's not talking about that they get their name in the book of life. Please understand that. When it says saved, it's talking about saved from the wrath. In other words, they if they didn't take the mark, but they didn't receive Jesus either, they are part of the nations. They're allowed to live up to a thousand years. That's who he's talking about, and that's who we reign over. One of those nations does a sin. One of those morning star judges sits on those thrones that has the morning star. Remember, the Bible says, And he that overcometh, and endureth, and he that overcometh, and keepeth my works to the end, the same will I give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and the vessels of a potter, they shall be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give them the morning star. Now, that broken to shivers, that means that those people that endure to the end, that continue to serve the Lord, but don't take the mark, they are eligible, they're an overcomer, and they're eligible to get the morning star. And they are the ones that sit on the thrones, and one of those nations does a sin, they hit them with the morning star instantly, the speed of thought. They fall to the ground, a pile of ashes, the bones burned. 
destroying body and soul. So that's who it's talking about. And reigned with the Christ a thousand years. Now, here's there's two things in here that are trips. They're stumbling blocks for people to understand. I'm going to try to explain that. And here's the first one. It says, but the rest of the dead lived not again till the thousand years were finished. That is an unconfirmed verse. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. Throughout Revelation, almost everything is always confirmed. For example, one time it says, and these words are faithful and true. Another place it'll say, and these words are true and faithful. <laughs> so it repeats itself on the major points all the way through. Really, Revelation is two books because it confirms itself. But this specific scripture here is not confirmed, meaning I don't think that's the way it actually happened. I've played this or I've prayed about it a lot of times, and I really believe I'm correct on this. So I'm going to ignore this because it's not a confirmed part, but this is. This is the first resurrection. Now, what's he talking about? Let's back up. This is part of the first resurrection, first fruits. Pentecost, part of the first resurrection, goes go, go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then the trumpets, that's part of the second resurrection, you could say. And then over here, the great white throne is the third resurrection. So the first resurrection is the first fruits and Pentecost. Go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's the first resurrection. Second resurrection is at the judgment seat of Christ. Third resurrection is the great white throne. Now let's go back to where we were here. Okay. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. In other words, you make it to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know your name's in the book of life. You know you're going to get eternal life. But you don't get any rewards. You don't have that glorified body yet. But it's saying, it's okay. You're going to get it. But everybody gets it at the same time on the Feast of Trumpets when Jesus returns. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, such the second death hath no power. They shall be priests of God and Christ and shall reign, him, reign with him a thousand years. Again, we reign over the nations. Now let's go on. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations. That's not us. Okay, We can't sin. Those are the people that didn't take the mark and didn't receive Jesus, you see. And what happens is fire or the morning star comes down out of heaven and whoo, destroys them just like that. Now, here's where a, a lot of people get tripped up. They think that this, where it says, and the thousand years expired, Satan should be loose. They think, oh, well, that means that after a thousand years that there's still some people being saved. No, no. Here's another thing that trips people up. Rest of the dead live not again till the thousand years were finished. There is no more judgment after this. This is the final judgment. There is no more judgment. Yes, the nations are destroyed, but their judgment to be destroyed is told to them here. They're saying, you know, you and your children, you don't get eternal life. We're going to let you live, but you don't get eternal life. Tough. That's the way it is, and that's pretty much how they're told. All right, now, so fire comes down and devours them. Then the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are. They are tormented day and night forever and ever and ever. Now I saw a great white throne from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for him. What's it saying? It's saying that starting here, this is when Jesus arises to shake the earth terribly. Every mountain falls, every valley is filled in, the crooked places are made straight, the rough places are made smooth. And that takes place for 10 days. That's what he's talking about here. There, so he says, at the great white throne, on atonement, the earth and the heaven fled away. In other words, the old earth, Old heaven, gone. 
So we're at atonement now. We're at this guy here. Okay, this is what it's about to describe. So at atonement, it says, and I saw the dead, no living, no living at all. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books are open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to his work. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever is not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. That is right here. That's the great white throne. Now let me summarize. Very important to understand this. No, there is no more judgment a thousand years later. That's a misunderstanding. So the first judgment is only those that are in Christ, means they had the opportunity to receive Jesus. They appear here dead or alive. Then, uh, ten days later, those that did not hear about Jesus report here. They are judged by works, by books. These guys are judged based upon, did you have Jesus or did you not have Jesus? If you did not have Jesus, then you're burned up. If you did have Jesus, then you're given your crowns, mantles, and rewards based upon those things that you did in your body. Okay. In summary, Jesus returns the next time on first fruits. This is the midnight cry. The word first fruits is the secret door. Jesus then walks around for about 50 days with the 144,000. I think that this is an attempt to try to get the, the hard-headed, stiff-necked Jews to receive Jesus because they only got 50 days if they wanted to make it to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So at the marriage supper of the Lamb, we are given crowns, excuse me, we are given a, a wedding garment. Jesus is crowned King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and given many crowns of extradition in his own blood. At the end, about four months later, we are given white horses. We return with Jesus, with the two angels, with the sharp sickles, and the armies in heaven. We are riding white horses also. This is the judgment seat of Christ. And as we're on that horse in the year, when that morning star, it hits, it goes every place. And that's the reason every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Well, that's not talking about the demons. That's not talking about Lucifer, because at this point, it Everything that is sin in the universe, not just America, not just uh, the earth, in the universe, all of the aliens, the demons, everything, whoop, they're all gone in an instant, in a moment, and the twinkling of eye at the last trump. That's the reason we cast our crowns at his feet, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Now, to conclude... So Jesus returns here on the seventh uh, trumpet or feast of trumpets. Ten days later, it's the great white throne, dead, not in Christ. No one alive reports here. Then five days later, it's the new Jerusalem. So the earth is turned into a nice round smooth ball, except there is one. And there's only one mountain on the earth, and it's the mountain of God. And the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. It's about 250 miles square, made of gold clear as crystal or transparent as glass. In my Father's house are many mansions, but when I saw, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there he may be also. It sets down upon the one and only mountain on the earth. Remember Jesus said that no man lights a, a candle and puts it under a bushel, but instead should put it on a candlestick and put it up. Well, what he's referring to is Jesus is the light of the world, and he 
is in the New Jerusalem, this square golden city on top of a mountain, and that light goes all the way around the earth, and it never goes out. Sun goes out in the, what is it, the, the fourth vial, I think it is, gets seven times hotter, goes out, and it never relights ever, ever, ever again, because Jesus literally is the light of the world, and it all happens here on the Feast of Trumpets way out here, okay? Anyway, so, no, there is not uh, some kind of a judgment a thousand years afterwards. That's a misunderstanding. The judgment seat of Christ is 10 days away from the great white throne. The difference is judgment seat of Christ, everybody that had the chance to receive Jesus reports there. And then everybody that did not have the chance to receive Jesus reports at the great white throne. Jesus is the judge at both of them. Now, let me say, okay, so we're pretty sure we're in the last days. We're all pretty sure we're very close to the tribulation. What should we do? Well, of course, I'm going to send you to josephskitchen.com. Go check it out because it is the, it's food for a famine. It's probably the cheapest way to feed your family, the best way for the least money, josephkitchen.com. Second thing is, I think that a person also needs to have gold and silver because there's a time where you might need to buy gasoline and they might not be taking bread in exchange. So you want to have some gold and silver. And for that, I'd recommend you go to cornerstoneassetmetals.com. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. They love Prophecy Club people. Call them and talk to them and get an account set up. They'll help you. And, and matter of fact, if you want to put it into your IRA or your 401k, they'll help you to do that too. Anyway, CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. And if you need some kind of an EMP device for your home or for your car, then we're going to send you to EMPShield.com. EMPShield.com. And the promo code there is Prophecy. I don't know how they came up with that one. Prophecy. And, of course, that helps your Prophecy Club. All this helps your Prophecy Club, but all of it helps you, too. God bless. Terry Sock is a prophecy student, and he reads his King James Bible, and he believes in winning souls so much he is supporting the Prophecy Club so that we can win more souls. So if you want to support someone that loves prophecy and wants to win souls, I'm going to send you to cornerstoneassetmetals.com where you can get all sorts of precious metals, gold, silver, rhodium, palladium, and things like that. cornerstoneassetmetals.com As you recall, Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to refresh your memory. Okay, so the story was the Pharaoh in Joseph's day. So he has two dreams. The first one, he sees seven fat cattle and then seven lean cattle. Then he sees seven good ears of corn and the seven bad ears of corn. And he sees that the seven bad ears eat up the good years. He couldn't get anybody to interpret it. So finally, he finally turns to the man of God, Joseph. He said, can you explain? He said, yeah, the two dreams are one message. And the one message is saying, God has shown the Pharaoh what he's going to do. He's going to bring seven years of plenty, which will be followed by seven years of famine. Pharaoh says, what should I do? Now, listen to this word, wheat. He said, store up wheat. And so what they did in those days, and Ron White said he found the place where they stored these massive amounts of wheat. So they stored up, during the seven years of plenty, 20%, not 10%, but 20% what came in, they brought it all in. They were commanded to bring it all in. During the seven years of famine, that wheat fed the world. That wheat 
not rice, not beans, <laughs> not freeze-dried food. <laughs> Wheat. Wheat fed the world. And that is also what happened to bring the wealth of the world into Egypt. Why? Because the Jewish people were living there and God was blessing them. Genesis 41, 54, 54 goes on to tell more about it, but here's the point is. He says that the seven years of dearth began to come. According to Joseph had said, and the dearth was in all the land, but in the land of Egypt there was rice cakes. No. Freeze-dried food. No. What is it that God uses to take care of his people in the famine? Well, the biblical example is bread. Genesis 41, 55 goes on to say, When all the, Egypt, the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for wheat, wheat bread. So what do you suppose in the seven years of famine in the last years, what do you suppose we should have to prepare for seven years of famine today? Perhaps the same thing, wheat. Let's go on. So here's what we've done. Now, I'm going to put up a video. It's about an hour long, and I'm going to explain this in detail, so I'm not going to go into it some, a whole lot here. But God has directed us to begin offering a way to where you can use wheat to feed you and your family, which is probably the cheapest and the best thing, in my opinion, out there, to have during a famine. So we've started a website, and I'm very excited to finally bring this to you. Hopefully it is all up and working come Monday when you watch this broadcast. But what you do is go to the website, and it's josephskitchen.com. Joseph's kitchen.com. You go there and the first page is going to look like this. So what you do, well, actually it's not the first page, but you click on shop and then it'll pull up this page. Then you click on right here, machines package, and it'll take you to a page that looks like this. First thing you have to do is get the machines because wheat has two weaknesses. One, is it's difficult to eat the wheat berries. That's what they call them, not wheat seeds, but the wheat berries. You have to grind them up from the berries into making wheat flour to make the bread. And mechanical devices, uh, maybe I'll talk about that later, but they, they don't cut it. You have to have some kind of electric mill to take it from the berries to the flour. So what we've done is put together a package. Here's the mill this grinds, we're going to send you a meal uh, to grind it to flour. Then we're going to send you a bread maker so that you put all the ingredients in here, push a button, two hours and 20 minutes later, you got a nice, hot, steaming loaf of bread. And it is good. We're also going to send you a bread slicer with a knife. So you can slice it up, a thermometer that you will use in the making of it, and also a set of beakers. I'm going to send you everything you need, plus instructions on how I have made over 50 loaves of bread. I had two slices this morning for breakfast and lunch. That's what I had. Matter of fact, that's the primary thing I'm eating anymore. So it's not just survival food. It's stands daily food. Okay, so first thing you need is a set of machines. Now, those will last for a long time, perhaps several years. We don't know how long, but anyway. First thing you need to get a machines package. Next thing is you need to get the wheat and all of the ingredients. So... You're going to order, if you have a mom and dad in a home, you'll order people of food for at least two people for one year. That's 937 or a figure about 1000 bucks. And they, we send you the wheat in the pail so that the mice and the, it doesn't go bad, and it should last 7 to 10 years. Send you all of the ingredients you need, and you just click on Add the Cart. 
And also, if you want to have food for four people, then it's a little bit more. If you want to have food for six people, it's a little bit more. Now, you compare that. Okay, so you got to have the the mechanicals, which is about 800. And then you have to have the actual food. Two people one year is about $2,000, including shipping, that kind of a ballpark. Four people one year is about 3000 Six people one year is about 4000 But if you compare that to what it costs in other places, this is what you're going to find. You're going to find that most of them cost about $10,000 per year per person. This is about $1,000 a year per person. What? Yeah, about $1,000 a year per person. So at that, <laughs> what we're offering you is about 10 times less than what all of these other survival food places, all these people sell a survival food. My opinion, they're not doing it right. They're offering things that are very, very expensive. You shouldn't have to pay $10,000 a year to feed one person. But in most cases, it is. However, with wheat, if you do it our way, and it's not only is better for you, as the video I'm going to post up here, if you'll go watch it, it'll explain to you, but it's also far cheaper. So what do you do? I'd recommend that you go to josephskitchen.com. I'll back up here. There you go, right there. josephskitchen.com. Take some time exploring through it. What you want to do. If you've got, um, say, a mom and a dad, or if you've got, if you got three people, matter of fact, if you got two people in there, you might even want to order the four people one year package. Just make sure you got plenty. But definitely, if you've got more than two people in your home, you definitely want to get the four people one year package. If you've got, say, mom and dad and two or three kids, uh, you definitely want to get the six year package. But here's the thing for about $4,000 to $4,500, you can feed them all for a year. <laughs> Nothing else comes close. You can compare that. Most of the time, you'll spend $60,000 to feed six people for a year, not $4,000. Josephskitchen.com, best deal out there, I think. Now, maybe somebody who got a better deal. <laughs> uh, I haven't searched everything, but I doubt it. God used wheat in the days of Joseph to feed the world for seven years, and I think he's going to do it once again. So our prices are about $2,000 a year, two people, about $1,000 a year per person. Okay. Yeah. Give or take about $1,000 a year. So you got six people to feed. Yeah. Less than $6,000. So what we're asking you to do today is to get this book and DVD. Now, hang on, hang on. I'm going to put a challenge out there. I've had several emails come to me lately and people will be repenting I've been watching you for for years, and I never sent a donation until right now. And, oh, I'm really sorry. I know I should have a long time ago. But anyway, here's my donation. So let me first speak to all of the people that have never supported this ministry. I'm going to ask you this time to consider supporting it. And it's not about money. I want to get you excited about proving that the Bible is true. I think you will be so amazed by this book. It's it's book and DVD. This book is just high. Well, here's the picture of what we were just talking about. High quality, full color photographs, eight and a half by 11, big, I mean, really nice stuff. And when I saw this book, I said, oh, I got to have it. <laughs> I got to have it because I've been there. 
I mean, less than happy. We we know this stuff's true. We've been there. You know, we got our own photographs. A lot of this stuff. This, if we really are in the last days, and I think we both believe we are, then see God has put archaeological evidence into the earth to convince those people that will be convinced. Some people you never convince. And what this book and DVD are is some is 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 giving you the ability to put in your hands the ability to explain the validity and the truth of the Bible. Now, here's what we're asking, okay? So the book is $75, but you can buy your $3,000 airline ticket. You can go to Turkey. You can go to Israel. You can spend four or $5,000 looking for this stuff. You won't find it. You will not find them. I'll tell you right now. You will not find the things that are in this book because you won't have God guiding you and directing you. Some places you can't even get into today. So for $75 for that book, bargain, bargain. It's about winning souls. Now, this is a three and a half hour double DVD. That's only one disc. It's not two discs. It's one disc, but it's a, a double layer. It's three and a half hours. And this explains the things that are in the book. So you need both. Don't think about getting one or the other. Get both. So we're doing this. The DVD is 50, the book is 75, but you can get both of them for a $100 donation at prophecyclub.com. Now, I got the, the box behind me to show you. We just got them in. We just got them in at the, at, the, at the warehouse, and we are all ready to ship book and DVD. All you got to do is go to prophecyclub.com and place your order, and if you want to, you can even have them overnighted to you. Berkey Water Filters have arrived. See, most companies these days are out of Berkey water filters, but we just got a new shipment. Berkey water filters at prophecyclub.com. So, Leslie Johnson, I'm a prophecy student. Why should I come to your Train the Prophets? The reason you want to come to Train the Prophets is because you want to do more work for God. You want to be trained and equipped. And this is a safe place to come. You'll be able to prophesy more accurately. You'll know how to lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. But you're going to also know how to hear the voice of the Lord and be more accurate and understand He is speaking. That's why you want to come to Train the Prophets. Go to traintheprophets.com. The good news is EMP Shield has devices the military testing facility says protect 100% against EMP, solar flares, lightning, power surges backed by a 10-year warranty and a $25,000 insurance policy. View simple video installation instructions for home, vehicles, RV. You can have electricity in a blackout. Use the promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card and it helps your prophecy club. These days, emergency food is mostly sold out, but... HeavensHarvest.com has all sorts of emergency supplies and food in stock. Their food comes in square stackable buckets, breakfast, entree, protein, fruits and vegetables. I recommend you have at least 12 months of food for each person in your family. Receive a free box of heirloom seeds when you enter the promo code STAN at HeavensHarvest.com. Promo code STAN.
click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.